question. <laughs> Immediate yeah. question. Is Loch Ness the band you were in? Yes. So you have band shirts still? Uh, this is the one band shirt um, that I have one band shirt. Yes, because when I moved to L.A., I realized that I never had gotten a band shirt. And my guitarist mm-hmm. and I were hanging out and he was wearing this shirt and he was like, you don't have a shirt. And then he took this off and we switched shirts and he wore my pink tank top home. And, and, and <laughs> now I have the shirt. So, but this is actually copyrighted. This rock and troll is actually copyrighted. It's like the logo of some Norwegian band and our, our drummer had stolen the logo unintentionally because he's just, it's a kid and, and they found mm-hmm. out and they got mad and then they realized that we were kids and they just told us not to sell any more shirts, but that they mm-hmm. would write an article about us. Cause yeah. Uh, sure. No, exactly. Yeah, I'm really happy that I realized you were kids. I know it worked out really well. I honestly, though, I've never said this before, but I think the reason that they found out that uh, we existed was because I added them as a friend on MySpace. <laughs> I'm always get people in trouble, always, all the time. Well, yeah. Well, duh. <laughs> yeah. That's if you're trying to I hide am. from a person, you can't knock on their door. I know. I would always the one that's like, oh, it's the cops? Come in. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, You're like, hey guys, the cops came to party. They're like, no, they didn't, Christina. The cops came to take us down. Every time, <laughs> man. Every fucking time. I found a kid that was stealing my jokes, so that's the closest I can come to that. Oh, that sucks. I forget where he lives, um, but he is like on the East Coast somewhere and was trying out open mics for the first time. Uh-huh. And just straight did five minutes of my jokes. And I That's found out about him badly. because he follows me clearly on social media and was liking things. And I was like, who's this guy? And I clicked over and he made memes of him saying my jokes and he had a video. I know it was terrible. I was like, this kid sucks. And then I messaged him and he was like, oh my God, I'm so happy to talk to you. And you're like, happy to talk to me so he doesn't realize that you can't steal jokes like did he just think that that was he he did he was just like what if i just didn't like friend your friends and i was like no stop using my jokes take down the pictures with my jokes in them you know take down the video and he goes i can't my friends already saw it you're like no you can and you absolutely have to yeah he has since blocked me so i have no idea if he's still taking my jokes probably doing a very bad job with your jokes i bet i mean i am so (laughs) no i mean like you know people can't do other people's jokes well it just doesn't work out like i know it's not like karaoke yeah people think it is but you're also like no 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 have you ever actually like tried to tell a joke of the comedian you saw the night before and it doesn't get the same response that's how hard it is to just say it yeah it's not like, like a logo of a band. You can't just take it and it's fine. Right. Right. I, I like the it. I it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't know. He we paid for art. We had other art that we paid for that like mm-hmm. he made for us. So we just assumed that this was like that, you know? Sure. But imagine you're Iron Maiden and someone just took took your guy. I'm trying to remember what his name is. For some reason Eddie. my head's saying Ernie. Eddie? Is it Eddie? Mm-hmm. yeah if someone just took eddie and you're like but what if i just give you 500 bucks you're like no it's our eddie yeah oh 
man. But it's cool that you have your own band shirt. I really like it. I like, I, I just, do you ever, I wear the same clothes a lot, especially during quarantine. And then I was mm-hmm. going through my, my drawers and I was like, oh, this shirt. So this is like, I've now been wearing this shirt every day instead of the other sure. shirt that I was wearing every day. I just wear, quarantine for me is like, I just wear the same thing every day for three weeks mm-hmm. and then I change to something else. Well, I'll show you. Because I tell people I'm like a cartoon character. And quarantine's really made it. So here's all of the same shirt over and over again. It's amazing. Yeah. And then there are shirts that people have given to me or I just oh, don't wear anymore that are retired. Separated by I this see. gift shirt. But it's all the same. Are those Patriots shirts that I see with the, or no? No, that's the Cubs. Oh, okay. I can't tell sports teams. I just saw blue and yeah. red. A lot yeah. of sports teams are blue and red. So I wasn't sure. That is very true. And yeah. like, those are the right colors for the Patriots. But I would never. How dare you? <laughs> I don't really care. I'm not. I'm not partial to either one. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really take anything personal with it. You. Like, how could I? You know, like if number one, it's just a TV show. So if you take your team too seriously, calm down. You're freaking out over a TV show. Yeah. Um, and then the other side is I know how much you don't care or know about sports. So why would it matter that you get all that right for me? You know, like. Yeah. Literally, the only reason I even mentioned the Patriots is because. I was in a little sketch where we were fighting about sports teams and we had stage combat and I had to buy a Patriots shirt. So I mm-hmm. actually have a Patriots shirt that looks like that. If that weren't for that, I wouldn't even know that the Patriots were those colors. Oh, for sure. But it also I have no idea. I'm shocked. I mean, if it weren't for that sketch I did, I wouldn't even know that the sport they play is football. And even now okay. I'm second guessing it and thinking that maybe it's basketball. If it weren't it is for, football. yeah, it's, I mean, I don't even know if you're it, like, it's easier for me to learn a new language when it's, when I'm learning Spanish right now. And it's like match the Spanish word to the English word, like so much easier for me than like match the sports team to the sport that they play. Like I would fail that test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see a lot of people failing that test. That's the kind of thing. I feel that way almost every test I have my whole life. It's like, here's the question. And I either know it or I don't. And as a kid, if I didn't know it, I had no problem being like, this is a wild guess, no matter how much I think about this. There's the wild guess, and I go to the next thing. And I feel like that's almost all of life. If somebody asks me a question, I go, do I know this? Do I not know this? Am I taking a wild shot on this? Or am I just saying, I don't know? Yeah. That's it. I just have four decisions to get me through all of life. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny is when I was in school, if I didn't know the answer, I would... Like my parents actually in parent teacher conferences at one point, the teacher said, we wish Christina would raise her hand more because when she does, she always knows the answer and she does great. So we wish she would raise her hand more. And my parents told me that. And I was like, well, when I'm not raising my hand, it's because I don't know the answer. And they're like, well, just try. And I was like, no, if I don't know the answer and I guess it's going to be wrong. Like I know that I don't know the answer. So I'm not Mm going to raise my hand. So I was very, very happy to just say, I don't know. Whereas now in my adult life, I never say I don't know if any like like back when I was with my boyfriend he would always ask me questions and it's terrible I would do what my dad does I would just be like well I think and then I would just make up something and then and then I, I would catch myself and I would be like no actually actually babe I don't know I have no idea I'm sorry that was all just mm-hmm. shut up why why don't I yeah. do I don't know adults are afraid to do that I feel like the two things I see the adults being the most afraid to do I like that we talk about adults as if we're not adults ourselves we're like outside perspectives of adults is I don't hear them 
really say I'm sorry very much, which is absurd. And I also don't hear them say, I don't know, which is also absurd. You can't know everything. You're going to be wrong. And if you can't get to those two points of admitting that, then we just have the internet where everyone thinks they're right. Right. And I don't want to live in the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My parents rarely apologize. I say I'm sorry too much, but I'm breaking myself of that. I'm much better about it than I used to be. But I don't want to go to the full opposite end of the spectrum like my parents who are like always right. I don't want to do that. And I think maybe that's why I have become an I'm sorry person because I don't ever want to be the other person that never admits faults, you know? Of course. But there's somewhere in I, the middle that's good to be. I also think that every adult that I met, especially for my generation, is just trying not to be their parents. And our parents' generation is just trying not to be their parents. It's like everything's just a vice versa. Yes. So maybe uh, when our generation has kids, I mean, some of them do, when they grow up, there will be a lot of like, you know, I don't know. Like, we'll hear that maybe a lot more. Oh, yeah. We might actually hear, sorry, we might actually get that in the next generation because they're just trying not to be us. They will see the things that drove them crazy. Like, if I have a kid, I just know it. My kid will hate metal. My kid will probably mm -hmm. not like cats. My kid will probably love sports. Mm -hmm. Probably of course. love math, which I hate. You know, I mean, I'm just going to have like, like, you know, fucking captain of the football team who loves to do fractions. For sure. But there are a couple of things that your parents love that you also take in and love and accept too. Mm -hmm. You know, like my Zeppelin. dad loved Led Zeppelin and got me into it. For Were you sure. going to say that already, or did we yeah. just say that at this? Great, that's amazing. Yeah, you said that while I was already going there. Great. Because my dad was like, oh, you're getting into guitar? Here's Led Zeppelin 4. Like, he, like, knew, like, it's heading in this direction. I yes. better just set you off already. You know, like, and it was just, like, it was perfect. And, of course, the album was perfect. And I was like, oh, yes, this is exactly the album I need right now. You know, like, or my mom, like, uh, she was a little more, like, Carpenters and that kind of stuff. And I'll be damned if I don't think that's a great band. You know, like, they're not my style at all. They're very much my mom's. Um, but it's great. The Carpenters nailed what they're doing. I don't think I've ever heard The Carpenters, except for at the beginning of Detroit Rock City, favorite mm -hmm. comedy movie of all time. Um, the mom is trying to listen to The Carpenters, and her son has smuggled a Kiss album inside The mm -hmm. Carpenters album cover. That's, That's my right. only reference to the Carpenters. So I guess I should listen, to, but I just never wanted to listen to them because I was like, they're the opposite of Kiss. Why? Yeah, well, they, yeah, they're not the metal you love, but they are just really sweet, soft pop songs. And you probably know 10 of their songs. It's one of those things where you listen to it and you go, oh, of course, so many of these end up on the radio when I'm in the grocery store or in the movies that I just know these things. Yeah, well, I think I do. And didn't Karen Carpenter die of anorexia? Mm -hmm. Yes, she did. Oh, you know, I, I'm inspired by that. Not to die. <laughs> like, I knew what side struggle. you were going to say. We both but... struggle with eating disorders. So I felt, but no, I don't want to do that. That's the whole, yeah. But I, I have empathy for her for that reason. Yeah, of course. No, we all do, you know, like, and did. It's not like anyone mm -hmm. doesn't have any empathy for eating disorders. We've all right. seen them. They're terrible. You know, like those people are definitely caught in a bind. Sorry to talk about you like you're on the outside, but you know, like I am, I'm on the outside. I definitely don't starve myself. And to see people that feel like they have to, is just like, oh no, they're in a prison of their own mind. Mm -hmm. Which also goes to show how real the prisons people can put themselves in are. Yeah. Yeah. Because even people are like, depression's fake. No one's like, eating disorders are fake. 
you know like that's not but it's the same like mental prison that gets us there a lot of people think that they're fake not like in general but like a lot of people think that unless you are the way karen carpenter looked before she died then you Mm -hmm. don't have a problem unless you're 400 pounds or 70 pounds you're fine like one day you just wake up 70 pounds like no you are progressively getting worse and even if you never even if your body never changes if that disease is in your head and you're constantly on like a teeter-totter of of binging and purging and starving Mm -hmm. and over-exercising but it doesn't show outwardly because maybe you're doing all destructive things in an equal amount so that they don't see that you're changing, but you, you know, but meanwhile, you're like rotting your teeth and your intestines and you're fucking, you can't talk because you're, you know, um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm in a good place right now, but I've always had people, oh, that's not true. I had an intervention when I was in college on the 4th oh, no. of July. Yeah. On the 4th yeah. of July. Yeah. I had a, I had, uh, all my girlfriends and it was funny it was funny because I really I really had not been eating like I hardly at all and uh, I was eating 400 calories a day and um oh and um but on the 4th of July I actually was eating ironically mm-hmm. I was because it was a party and I wasn't eating a lot but I was you know having bits of the stuff that was there and all my girlfriends like literally like formed a circle around me and were like you need to eat and I was just, fuck you guys. And then I, like, that's, that, that didn't work. Like, I, you know, that mm-hmm. didn't work on me. Um, but, uh, and then I just like went to a different house party and just like went in their kitchen and started dipping almonds in peanut butter and like eating it out of the thing. Mm-hmm. So like, that's the kind of behavior, you know, and I can laugh at that now because I'm not doing that today, but, but yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Anyway. It's, uh, Wait, but I want to counter that. You said yeah. it didn't work but it still stands out in your mind. And so yeah. it helps you maybe not that day immediately, but it does give you reference that you had a problem that people saw. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So as slick as everyone wants to think when they're hiding their problems, no one's really truly hiding their problems. No one knows. Yeah. Yeah. People are just on a level of at what point do I step in or, yeah. or yeah. whatever, you know, like, cause it's like, I remember when I was like 21. So I was just discovering alcohol and I was drinking a lot. Uh, I had a, I made a joke about like, you don't think I'm an alcoholic and like somebody like their face like got super serious and they're like, well, Aaron, we think that your life can be amazing. You just have to like really make the decisions to make that happen. And I don't ever believe I was ever an alcoholic, but I will attest that every time this person ever saw me was out at a bar and I was drinking. Yeah. So I don't discredit where that person was coming from. And I like, that's the only person that's ever told me I had a drinking problem. Some people would think that was crazy for me to even say, but it's important to know that people are noticing. Yeah. And you don't drink now, right? Yeah. I don't know, a little, but not much. It's really about like three or four drinks a year. Yeah. I mean, it's it not, it's just like not part of your lifestyle. I guess. No, it's not. And when I do, it's like, there's a reason for it. And it's like one drink. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I just, I just never got into the habit of it. Really. That's what I want to say is like, even though I just told that story when I, when I was 21, I was in the habit of it. I didn't really enjoy the habit of it. I was yeah. trying to figure out what everyone was into with this. Yeah. They're like people really like getting drunk. Let's get drunk. And, 
and then I'd get drunk, but it was like a challenge for me to swallow that much alcohol because I didn't enjoy swallowing alcohol, which is why it was so easy for me to just be like, why am I doing this? I can stop right now. Yeah. There's like literally no dependency from the beginning. It was like, I'm forcing myself to swallow this for social engagement. Oh, that's, not, that's like how my dad is a lot. Cause um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's not really into alcohol, which I don't understand. I, when yeah. I moved to LA, I didn't think anybody noticed now after all the work I've done in 12 step programs, it's like, Oh, everyone noticed. But you know, towards the end, I was like just drinking at home and stuff. Um, but, uh, when I, when I first moved to LA, there was a group of people, a couple of guys that I used to go to college with that also moved out here. And one of the guys was like, how have you been? Do you still drink a lot? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I even remember what I was wearing that day when he said that to Mm -hmm. me, it stands out so vividly, you know? Yeah. That's really important. I think that's really great that he said that and did that. Even though you're like, no, these things didn't stop me. But yeah. it is interesting. It's like, that's something that they remember about you vividly. And it's specifically that. Although I do hear these stories about you. And I do know that I've known you through some of those times. I'm not sure if I've ever actually seen you drunk that I know of. Yeah, I started hiding it uh, probably six months after I moved to LA in 2013. Okay. Or 20, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you were hiding it by the time I got I knew it was a problem for a long time. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of around the time that he said that to me, that I was like, oh, no, people know, you know? And, like, Mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, I'm just going to, like, leave the party, go home, then, you know, break plates at home. My poor cat, she's had to deal so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your cat, did you get your cat when she was a baby, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got her in 2015. Um, so she, so she just thinks this is how humans act. Yeah. Well, so she, I, when I had her, I was drinking for like a month and a half Mm -hmm. and then I got sober. I was sober for a year and her life was great. (laughs) And then, (laughs) um, and then during that six month relapse that I had, I don't really think it affected her that much because I was also hiding it from my roommate. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, it wasn't as, it wasn't like I was like falling over and slamming doors. It was more just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, there was, yeah. And I was vaping at that point. So it's not like pot smoke that was going Mm -hmm. in her face. It was really just, she just had a, she just had a troubling first two months of her life. It was actually four, month four and five of her life. Cause I think I got her when she was June, July, August, September. Yeah. I got her when, no wait, I got her when she was two months old. Yeah. yeah so still yeah, a bad baby. That's what her experience would be. If she had a podcast, she'd be like, you, you know, humans cry and break stuff. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? No, that's your human. That's not all humans. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so when she was baby, that was so cute because I had hardwood floor and I was doing liquor promos because like what other job should an alcoholic have who's trying to stop? Of course. Drinking? Obviously liquor promos. And so I had like these little cups, like these little um, plastic cups, you know, um, tasting cups. And they, they were just, I just had so many of these. Like I can't even, in the trunk of my car, they were in stacks and little, and she would just get into them. And it just, it just sounded like she was playing air hockey constantly was like Mm -hmm. it was the most annoying thing so hard to sleep 
awful. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, but also cute. It's cats. It's cute now. Now I wear earplugs yeah. to sleep. Oh, good. She makes lots still? of noise. I still, the not because the air hockey, but, you know, she's just, sometimes she's rambunctious. Sometimes she's just fine. But usually now she sleeps behind my head, which is great. But just suddenly, you know, she could just choose to sprint across the room for no reason and wake me up. And like, you know, so the earplugs are more of just like a just in case I have trouble sleeping. So if I am starting to have a good night's sleep and then she decides that she wants to do parkour in like 3 a.m., the earplugs are there. I'm for sure. I'm protected. Good for you. That, That works out. I try. Yeah. Do you have any pets? No. No. I used to have a lizard when I was in Arizona. Very cute. What was your lizard's name? Chacaron. Now, Chacaron. Chacaron. It's um, it's it's Dominican for cocaine. Is what that. <laughs> he was very skittish. Like, exactly. Well, it's a very funny song. There's a song called Chacaron. And I was really into that song when I bought the lizard. Uh, I bought the lizard purely. I was at a place of like boredom and I wanted an animal that I could feed mice to. And so like, I was like, well, I don't want to be the snake guy, so I'm not going to have snakes, but I do want to watch live battles. And so then I was like, oh, I want a kimono dragon. And, but those are huge. Mm -hmm. And I was even looking at monitor lizards and my buddy, Andy, who I do the, the star Wars podcast with, he was like, oh, dude, I'll get you in touch with someone at the zoo. If you get a monitor lizard, you also have to get a handgun. If they ever turn on you and decide they want to take over the nest and they want to be the alpha, you can't stop them. You would have to kill them. And I was like, wait, what? Um, and then he got me in touch with the guy at the zoo who was like, listen, if you want to come feed the animals, we'll let you volunteer but you really shouldn't have one of these in an apartment. That's really not good. And he goes, most of the animals that we have here, like of like the lizard variety are people who bought them because it's legal to buy them. People who bought them and just can't take care of them. They get bigger and they get a little more aggressive or whatever, and they have to donate them to the zoo. And so he's like, let's skip the middleman. And so then I found a littler um, one that only gets to be about five pounds, which is still a big lizard for a lizard. But he walks on his hind legs like a Dilophosaur. Like they're called like Jesus lizards. Whoa. And I had one of those for like a year and a half before I moved to LA. When I moved to LA, somebody had just moved to Tucson. That's when I put up the article. I put up like a Craigslist ad. I'm like, hey, here's the lizard, $50, which is way cheap for a lizard. But how do you get rid of a lizard? And that guy just like, he's from the Air Force. There's Air Force Base. We just got stationed to Tucson. And he was like, I've always wanted to live in a place where these are legal. I want this. I have a bunch of questions about its eating habits. And it sent me like all these really pertinent questions to doing like, how often do you miss them? And how often does he have berries? Because you can't just only feed him once. And you're like, yes, this, this is a good guy. Yeah. He knows which flowers you can feed him and whatnot. And so you're like, this is good. I like this guy. That's great. Yeah. Are we not allowed to have lizards in California? Or is it just too much to travel with him and all that stuff? He's legally not allowed to be in California because the dirt out here is different than the dirt out in Arizona. And so it would just kill him. The dirt in the air would fill up his lungs and he'd die. So he didn't have a choice. He wasn't allowed to come with me. Yeah. Well, I know we're not allowed to have a lot of things here, like um, um, ferrets. Indoor eating. Yeah. Yeah. Outdoor eating. (laughs) 
But there's ferret. My friend has a ferret. Well, don't say your friend's name on this podcast because they're listening, Aaron. That's right. The, the state of California is listening. Although he did tell me he got the ferret illegally. So illegally. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely don't say his name. <laughs> then definitely don't listen to podcast number 40. Uh, he has been on the podcast. I don't know which number it is. Oh, shit. Okay, good. We're we safe. did not talk about his fair the whole time. Okay. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you yeah. about Christmas, because this is going to come out about Christmas time, I think a little bit after, but you love metal, which is not Christmassy. No. That's not a Christmas genre. But there I feel like you celebrate. I know there's a metal Christmas album. Like, Dio's yeah. got a song. Yeah. Jack Black's got a good metal Christmas song. Like, I know that stuff's out there. I do have, can I show you something? Sure. Okay, it, one second. Don't give up on me. I'm gonna really hope that this is a, a black no, Christmas tree. This is a great example of how I celebrate Christmas. This is my Frankenstein nutcracker. There we go. I was gonna ask how you combine your love of metal and Christmas. There you go. Yeah, a Frankenstein nutcracker. I'm just gonna leave him here for the rest of the podcast. Is that That's okay? fine. Yeah, of course it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I feel I, like no, it's, he's, uh... he's upstaging me. <laughs> and then the jealousy got him out. <laughs> you were like, I'm going to share the stage with him for about three seconds. Yeah. That's where my tolerance for him is. Wait, were there any other ways you found ways to combine your love of metal and Christmas? Um, yeah, actually. Um, oh, uh, this has officially become a podcast about show and tell. It is. Well, it's easier to show than it is to tell so this is kind of metal um these are little cat earrings i made but they're like evil cats they're like metal yeah like and they're on guitar picks they're on guitar picks and then i also made the hanukkah ones they came out looking less evil but um Mm -hmm. they're hanukkah cats well yeah hanukkah is not evil they're still on guitar picks are you saying that christmas is evil I'm no, arguing. I'm not. But I'm saying that their religious symbolism would make it hard for it to look like evil. Even though right. it's on a guitar yeah. pick, guitar mm-hmm. picks aren't necessarily evil. Right. But they are kind of metal. They could be metal. They're more metal yeah, for than sure. not a guitar pick. Yeah. Do you remember the most metal gift you've ever gotten for Christmas? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was like branded once. You were what? No. I was branded? Just, I just oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I did sell my soul to the devil once on Halloween, but that's a different holiday. And then yeah, it's I a found out. Yeah, I was actually really worried about that uh, because even though it was like uh, the guy that sold, I sold my soul to was playing the devil. It was that was his costume, and we signed mm-hmm. our names. Um, and then I was like, years later, he moved. We both moved to LA, and and I was like, hey, dude, like, remember when I, I sold my soul to you? Like. I'm kind of worried about that. And he was like, oh yeah, I got worried about it too. I destroyed all of those, like all of the papers. That's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. We were both like really like, like superstitious about it. That's funny. So wait, would you say that you have a love of the devil more than Jesus? No, I don't love the devil. That's why I was like hoping he destroyed it. But back when I was, you know, a crazy fucking 18 year old freshman in college. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even in love with the devil. I just, I was drunk. I was drunk on Halloween, dressed like a dead fairy. And, yeah. You know, I, I, I recently drunk on the devil. Drunk on the devil, yeah. And I sold my soul to the devil in exchange for a successful acting career. 
So obviously it makes sense that he tore up the pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here I am. You should have checked in with that. Like, <laughs> hey, dude, you got to hold up your end of the deal. Christina Marie Leonard, the latest of my Flappers family on the podcast. Great girl. Known her for a long time. I feel like I've known her for like seven years. I say that like with every single person on the show. But that's why they're on the show. I've known them for a long time. They're good people. That's what I do. Um, if you want to follow her on Instagram, it's at Christina Marie Leonard. If you want to follow her on Stereo App, which I know she's active on, Christina Marie on Stereo App. In fact, I did her Stereo App show. I don't know how far back those go. But if they go back three or four weeks, we did one. It was real fun. We did a good time. I want to say we were supposed to talk about Star Wars, but didn't. I uh, want to say I convinced her at that point to start watching Mandalorian, which she did. And I thank her for that. Christina Marie Leonard, good person. I told a little story about her at the end of my last episode uh, that we didn't talk about on this. I'll just say that. If you guys want to go back and listen to a Christina Marie Leonard story, I got one. That's it. That's all I'm going to tell you about that. Next week, we have Henry Barajas. Henry Barajas and I met in Tucson, Arizona when I first started doing stand-up. He was one of the first guys that came up to me. He was like, hey, you got a Mario bit. I think it's funny. And I was like, awesome. And uh, he has... I know you'll hear the tone. He doesn't feel like he knows that he's made it in the comic book world, but he's made it. He's made it. And he doesn't know it yet. And so that's kind of an interesting perspective to have a friend to be like, yeah... Because, like, they're in the middle of work, and you're just like, yeah, but you know, this is your dream. You've achieved your dreams. I've watched Henry go from guy at the open mic in Tucson, Arizona, to running down and chasing his comic book dreams. And I couldn't be happier and more excited for him to have him on. Thrilled. So, that's coming next week. Check out Henry Barajas. And then, guys, you're listening to me. Aaron, at Aaron M. Marsh on everything. Still got pins and stickers. You can Venmo me $10 for that if you want a pin or a sticker. Uh, I sell them as a big pack, so if you want both, it's the same thing, exact thing. Go ahead, send me a DM. Let me know. You go, hey, I want those pins and stickers. I'll be like, oh, hey, here's the Venmo. Give me the address. Let's mail them to you. That's how it works. So thank you very much again for listening. I think we're in the new year now. I record these a couple weeks in the, the future. So, yeah, good riddance, 2020. Hello, 2021. What a beautiful year you may or may not be. I don't know. I don't know the future. I know you guys think I do. I don't. No one thinks I think I know the future. So guys, thank you very much. Thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong I find a place in this world I'll never be long I've got to be me I gotta be 